Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 1024 Podcast. Today we're going to be discussing spiritual disciplines, what they look like, how to use them, and why they're important. Before we get into that though, um, I wanted to catch Rusty and Drew off guard with a quick question to get their uh, you know, genuine, authentic response. Gentlemen, if you could be any sort of exotic animal, what would you choose and why? 100%. I'd definitely be a white Siberian tiger. Dude, I'd be coming out exotic? White. Sounds exotic. Yeah, it sounds exotic to me. I'd be coming out dragon because I'm pretty sure, like John being the animal expert that you are, tell me if I'm wrong, is Komodo dragons like are, have like really poisonous skin and all that stuff right they uh like if you're they got poisonous saliva oh okay okay yeah so they got they got they got venom glands in their lower jaw and they got a flesh-eating bacteria in their saliva and they're a 10-foot lizard so that's a pretty good yeah i mean who doesn't want to be named kimono dragon i didn't know that's crazy no i just thought i thought a tiger would be kind of cool a white tiger i mean think about that sounds awesome yeah just be the mythical like I don't know. Is yeah. Bigfoot an exotic it's animal? Is Bigfoot an exotic? I mean, <laughs> I would be Bigfoot. Okay. I changed my answer. <laughs> no take backs. Yeah. Y'all are way more creative than I was. My my first thought was kangaroo. I just think it'd be cool to hop everywhere. Oh, get the beating people up. Kangaroos like to fight. Yeah, get on my tail and I just go boxing. Ride in the pouch. Can I just ride in the pouch? That's what I want to do. Yeah, you can hop in the pouch, okay. Drew. We can go, but not if you're a ten foot lizard, because then. Oh, why not? I right. Look, I could <laughs> eat some patty with my flesh eating bacteria. You could hop around. We'll be freaking fast. It'd be you good. know, I should have said I should have said a, an orca whale or like a, you know, the killer, killer whales whale. are like. That's the coolest animal in the world, I think. And they eat sharks. It's dude. like a giant dolphin. I mean, it's a giant. You know, you know they. They flip seals into the air for fun. I, know, I just, they just kick them with their tails and just. I would love to go on one of those like dolphin cru- or not dolphin. What are they called? Uh, whale cruises and yeah, whale watching. Yeah, whale watching. Yes, I want to go on one of those. Yeah, that would be awesome. Nice. Look at you, Rusty well, Bigfoot. Look, we're gonna come off that tangent right quick. Rusty the Bigfoot killer whale, white Siberian tiger, whatever. There you, you go. Um, and, and talk about spiritual disciplines. Um, and audience. You know, however many of you are there are out there, spiritual disciplines. Um, they're they're action actions that are taken within your spiritual walk with the Lord. Um, for some people, certain ones come easier for others, but they're they're physical things that you do or behaviors or aspects of your day that deepen and strengthen your walk with the Lord. And they're disciplines because, guess what? They require discipline to do. Not all of them are easy. A lot of people have some that come easier than others. Um, but for some people, some of them are really uh, really tricky to, to master, but each of them um, are important. And there's not like a set number of how many there specifically are. It's just kind of aspects of the, the Christian faith that um, are agreed upon to be disciplines. So let's start with one of the first ones, probably the most main important one, um, Bible reading slash Bible study. Uh, you know, Rusty, what do you, what do you have to say about the importance of reading the Bible? That is the most important thing I think you could possibly ever do. I, I said it before. John 1.1 1, 1, is one of my favorite verses. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so I think if you want to grow closer to the Lord, that's a discipline you have to master. You have to get down. It's the most important part of my day. It's what we, me and my wife, we both have our time in the morning. We start it off, and we try to read at least five to ten chapters so we get a good context of it. But that has changed my life more than anything else, reading the Bible. Yeah, I mean, it's in knowing Rusty, and when Rusty told me that about himself, that challenged me to, to make, a, make it a big part of my life and so that's what I do every morning um and I mean like like you said John it does take discipline like that's why they're called disciplines and discipline in my life is something that I've struggled with I I don't necessarily have a lot of discipline with a lot that I do and so it's taken a lot of effort for me to really truly make it a part 
of my routine and it has to be a part of your life i think and you know now for doing it for a you know more than a couple months now um every day you know i i personally read three chapters i i've i realized that you know even as long as i've been going to the church and you know and and been reading the word like i've never sat down and read just the straight through the bible so i started um with uh psalms um and i now i'm currently in uh the acts of the apostles is where i'm at currently that's what i read this morning um that's a big bite to take out first go through the psalms <laughs> yeah well uh i you know during you know your your childhood and your um like going to youth group and all that like uh like the first four books of the bible they we they're touched on pretty pretty well but i've i've noticed that you know really from psalms on like especially the minor prophets and like all, all the other stuff i've never really truly just sat down and read it like page to page like verse to verse you know stuff like yeah. that so that's what i challenge myself to do um i heard someone uh maybe it was billy graham said that he you know he reads his normal scripture but then he also reads one psalm and one proverb really yeah it's like to, to hear mm-hmm. people's prayers to the lord and to also hear wisdom from the lord yeah yeah and i mean truly that reading the word is really experiencing God. Like the, the the Holy Spirit has really spoke to me a lot in this, in this past year through the word to me, you know, especially in times of I've, I've had some struggles this past year and, and really it's, it's almost amazing how God and the Holy Spirit uses what you're reading to speak into you because I mean, just he like, wants you to share that the things that you read that, he's, that he speaks to you in. He, wa- he wants you to learn from that. Cha- it's either to change something in your life, to be disciplined, to change that, that issue you read about it. You go, Oh God says I shouldn't do this. I'm definitely doing that. So I need to, I need to, I need to change. And so it pricks your heart in that way. But also sometimes you read and it gives you a message. I mean, I know you don't do this mm-hmm. as we talked about on a previous podcast. Gaddis doesn't like talking to people, but I like to talk to people at the grocery store. So if we go there, I, I could be in there for an hour talking to somebody I don't even know. And a lot of times, God will give me a message through the word that that person needs to hear. It, it's it's happened multiple times to me it, throughout my relationship uh, with God. Is He's used me to speak a word that I read that morning that I thought, this has nothing to do with me. And it's been right on the money for people. I think that's important. Yeah. Did- so let me ask you all this. is Because um, I feel like, you know, what I've heard, I do a lot of a lot of volunteer, a lot of work with youth, um, and one of the things that that they struggle with, and I know a lot of younger believers struggle with as well, is like the the discipline of actually reading is one thing, but even for people who like to read, sometimes reading the Bible can be intimidating. So how do you know where to start? How do you know what to read so that you? I mean, I hate to make it sound this way, but so that you get the most out of it. You know what? What? How do you decide? Today I'm going to read this, or Drew, how'd you end up going through Psalms first, or, you know, because for me, um, I typically try to do a study along with uh, my reading, and that's a huge help because it gives me guidelines to read, and, you know, it gives me scriptures to back up what I'm studying, but I also, if I ever don't know what to read, um, I learned this little trick from a great man uh, back in Georgia, but you take the day of the month, right? So there's 31 days in most months. And if you ever don't know what to read, you just go to Proverbs because there's 31 Proverbs and you read the Proverbs. So it's if it's, you know, today's what, November? Ninth, I don't even know what day it is. Eighth, 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 ninth, whatever. Go read Proverbs 8. And that that's a great way for me. I keep track. So if I ever like break my routine or something or I'm gone for a day and I'm just doing something different, I can go and turn to Proverbs. And, and you know, the Proverbs are great applications and, and great things about how to live life and how to 
to honor and rejoice in the things the Lord has done for you. But outside of that, how do you all decide what you're going to read, when you're going to read it, how much to read? Those I always tell people, how do you make those decisions? Here's something I always tell people when they first start reading. I say, just read the book of John. Start on in the book of John. And someone told me that, and I did it. And, and I think now that I've, I've been in the Bible for a few years now and, and reading so much, I think it's a great place to start for anyone starting. As far as how I decide what I'm going to read is I just – you know, in my prayer time, when I'm talking, talking to the Lord, I'm sitting there. I just sometimes I feel guided to, to something I think about. Maybe something I've seen going on in someone's life, or something going on in my life. I think about it, and I'm reminded of a scripture, and I go, "Where was that at?" And it's like the Holy Spirit puts it in you. Oh, that that was in First Timothy. It was in Timothy. You know, and I turn to the Book of Timothy, and I'll start reading the five chapters in there, and uh, that's usually how I do it. For me, uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty new back into my routine of, of, of reading the scripture every day um, and so like I said for me when I started I just like I said I realized that I really haven't read page for page like just the Bible like I you know I've always you know just picked up a, a verse here or there when I read or like how to study and which is a great thing to do like it's 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 an awesome awesome thing especially like if you're you know you need you're not just a, like a, a visual learner but an audio learner as well like to to listen to somebody speak about what you're reading is, is a great way to do it. But for me, um, it's been such a blessing to sit down and just read word for word because like even in like, you know, everybody knows like even like very new believers, they know John and like the gospels and they know Corinthians, they know Psalms, they know Proverbs, like, you know, the big high points of the Bible, like, which are all awesome, mm -hmm. great, great verses. But, you know, for me, it's been awesome realizing how even in the weeds, like even in the, like for me, the Old Testament was always a, a drab to read and, you know, all these names and historical references and all this and that. But to me, it's been, now that I'm in the New Testament reading, it's been awesome to see the the exact correlation. Like, you know, there's a, a place, that, like a bunch of places in Matthew, especially that like read word for word, you know, Micah or, you know, Malachi, like yeah. word for word. Yeah. It, like those those are really cool for me to see. Um, and so, like like I said, if, you, if you're struggling, you know, with what to read, I, I'd encourage you to just read the, the Bible, you know, front to back. Like oh, that's, that's, I think I think it's also important to, you know, pray. Say, God, give, give me somebody with knowledge that that is in your word that I can sit down with and learn. Because some stuff is hard. And don't be scared. A lot of people get scared of what translation they're reading. I have to read this translation only. There's other versions of the Bible out there. That, that have words in just easier way for you to, to read when you first start off. Yeah, you know, you yeah. can read uh, NIV and NLT, the things like that are really easy to read. And so you can read that, and as you grow, you can switch to uh, a New King James or King James or, or whatever it may be and, and and get the word in a different way. Just little words yeah. make you think different ways when you read them, and, and they change words out. Some some of them are easier to read. I think that will help you. Yeah, and if you – if well, the reason – sorry. Oh, I was going to say, the reason that I asked that question to y'all was just to, to kind of prove a point. There's no right or wrong way, right? The spiritual discipline is just the matter of, of doing the reading and understanding it and, and studying it. It's not a, here, you know, you're not getting homework to read this chapter and, and write a report on it. It's, what is what does God put on your heart? What do you think is is beneficial for you to be growing in? What aspect of Scripture and so, I mean, three guys, three entirely different ways of approaching, approaching reading the scriptures, but also, I mean, they're effective to, to our personalities. They're effective to, to what we're going through in, in life and, and the way that God has, uh, what, what he has put on our hearts and what he, um, 
has is wanting to show yeah. us. Show yeah, us. If, it, if you want to know, like, why the scripture is important to read, Second Timothy. 3, 16 through uh, 17 says this, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Like it, it basically is what he's saying here is that for any situation, for any place in your life that you're finding yourself, this, the scripture is there for you. Like it's like, you know, for it's there for direction for training like it, yeah. in, in anything that you do i guarantee you there's a verse or a theme for that there's an answer going. yes it's yeah. it's it's amazing how human beings don't change like the same problems that we have now oh, we're predictable beings yes, the same <laughs> problems that we're having now these people back then they, they may have experienced those problems in a little different way but the theme or the root cause of the problem is the exact same sexual immorality oh, vainness sure. things greed the same thing you know the it's all in writers are talking about like i mean it, so so let me ask you this this is this is kind of the next spiritual discipline on my list here um, and I think this is the one that, you know, if you were to take a poll of, P, of believers of, uh, and just say, here's a list of the spiritual disciplines, which ones do you struggle with the most? I think this one might be people's number one. But scripture memorization. Yeah. How do we, how do we feel about scripture memorization? Do we, do we have a lot of scripture that we just have in our back pocket memorized? Do we, what, what, what do we got, boys? Go well, I think uh, I, I used to not put a lot of weight in it. Uh, you know, I remember going to church camp when I was a kid and, and they would say, you know, you memorize this verse. I remember it's John 3, 16 is the first one I ever memorized. And they said, if you memorize this verse, uh, you get a piece of candy. So I remember I was like, I got I to gotta, I gotta learn it. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. <laughs> whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I, I got it. I got the, I can't remember what it was. It's a piece of candy. And I was like, yeah. And then, But you know what? It stuck with me my whole life. Even when I wasn't walking with the Lord later on in life and I got into bad situations and bad way of living, I always remember that verse. And so then I started putting weight into it. Like, this is important. And as I said before in a previous podcast, I teach my kids uh, Psalm 118.24. You know, today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And I say it to them every day. Every and day, they, remember, man, yeah. they always come home with a smile on their face. I, I don't know if it's because of that, but I feel like there's weight and there's power into that. To knowing God's word and yeah. able to use, the Bible's called your sword, able to use your weapon. It's every, the only offensive thing we have. Everything else is a... a something to protect you the bible is something used as a weapon it's a sword that you can use to pierce the hearts no of, doubt. of those living in sin to to hopefully bring them to the light yeah and what about you drew well just to go on that um again you know just like i said scripture has literally a verse for everything so here's another one right here first first peter three fifteen says but in your hearts honor christ the lord is holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asked you for a reason the hope that is in you yet do it with gentleness and respect so to me that verse is saying you know that that's another reason that we we should have you know just scripture in our hearts which i am i'll be quite honest with you i'm not very good at this as you can always telling all the podcasts like I, I can always remember themes of the verses but i never can remember the you know the exact address or you know the exact wording of what she says which is you know what we're supposed to do you know we're supposed to be able to just you know spit it out where it, where it come from because like i said we're always you know if somebody asked you like hey what you know why are you you know it doesn't even have to be like a a, a defense for a, you know something like somebody coming at you negative but it could be just as simple as hey you know i I noticed that you're always, you know, smiling and happy. Like, why, you know, why in the world are you, are you like that? Like, you know, 
And if, yeah. you know, you're, if you can spit out a verse that, you know, says, you know, to what, as a defense of that, which again, I, I'm very terrible at it. So I don't, I don't have one right off the top of my head, but you know, that's what the, that's what the Bible calls us to do is to have, you know, have the, the word of the Lord It is literally the word is God. Like, you know, John says, or Rusty says in, in John, um, you know, that's how that's how we're experiencing the Lord. Like that's these are literally the words yeah. of God. And if we remember what we talked about with the devil twisting the words that that God said to Eve, and He deceived her that way, a lot of a lot of yeah. people will they'll quote Scripture, but they'll quote it in a weird way or out of context, or they'll change mm-hmm. a couple things around, and, and it'll it'll get you. You'll say, oh yeah, that's in the Bible because you remember the first part of it. But if you don't have the whole thing yeah. memorized, then yeah, it, they could get you. Like well, that. and that's. That's what I was about to get into is like for me, the thing that's always stuck about stuck out about scripture memorization is Jesus did it. And if Jesus felt the need and felt compelled to memorize scripture, you know, then how much more should we feel compelled to memorize scripture? Because I mean, you look at the passage in Matthew four, when Jesus is being tempted in the desert and and Satan's out there. And and what does Satan do? Satan throws scripture, throws, twists the context of scripture and throws it in Jesus's face to tempt him. And Jesus hits him right back with Old Testament prophecies and right back with the law. And and for Jesus to have understood the importance of, of memorizing Scripture and then to see, like Rusty was saying, like the world or Satan, like twisting what Scripture says and twisting the application of it, how much more important is it for us to know exactly what Scripture says and, and the context and, and how that applies to our lives? Moving forward from that, though, also looking at when Jesus was in the desert in Matthew 4, um, we have kind of a lesser accepted um, spiritual discipline. And I say that kind of tricky because Jesus was out there and he fasted in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, and, and the idea of fasting, uh, if you don't know, it's de- denying yourself food so that you can focus on, on prayer and, and um, really focus your body and your mind on, on spiritual matters. Uh, do either of y'all have any experience with fasting personally or, or with the, the application of fasting? Oh, yeah. We, we definitely we do it as a church, and I, I also try to do it on my own, like individually. It's not something uh, that uh, I'm super disciplined in. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to do, deny yourself something, but I think it's such a powerful thing, especially when you read in the Bible the context of, of how, why they did it and how they did it. And uh, Jesus did it. I mean, he... He did it 40 days and 40 nights. This is crazy. You're thinking, how could I do that? I don't think anyone could do that without the power of the Holy Spirit on their lives. But it's something that it, it helps you so much. I, I, what is it? Jimson Franklin? from We live in, in Gainesville, Georgia. So there's a pastor over here who wrote a book called Fasting. And I've read the book. And it, it's pretty powerful because as you read it, you, you learn a lot of things like a lot of uh, spiritual sensitivities. It heightened. There's a lot of different little disciplines that come out of just the one discipline of fasting. And if you read in the Bible, you remember uh, John's disciples were fasting and praying and, and Jesus's weren't. And they came to Jesus and said, you know, we see that John's disciples are fasting and praying, but yours aren't. You know, and, and he said, as the bridegroom's with you, what was it? Uh, see, this is where I should memorize scriptures. Yeah. The bridegroom's with you. Uh, <laughs> you don't fast or you don't. Basically what it says, uh, summarizing, as Gaddis does. <laughs> he says, when the bride is with you, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't down you're long nothing there you go i'm sorry yeah i have to look it up but just know read your bible it's in there yeah well drew here's a question for you kind of piggybacking off that is is food the only thing that we can fast from no uh, it's that's what i literally is about to well to go go into is that you know i a lot of people 
struggle nowadays with social media and you know just looking at other people and honestly it's kind of like idolizing those apps or putting towards our focus it takes up so much time like literally the other day uh, you know they come in from apple at least i have an iphone comes in and says at the end of the week like hey your daily usage on your phone was down from five hours and 40 minutes to you know five hours and 20 minutes like it's insane like five hours of my day of and we're only you know awake for 12 hours of the day or, or you know whatever it is on average that you know five hours was spent on this device that i have so i you know i know a lot of people who um you know as as a as a way to you know refocus their their attention and their you know life in the lord they they either put down the phone or just take away from social media or you know do all those other things because you know you know obviously the 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 bible says we're not to take any idols you know we're not to worship anything from um except for the lord and you know unintentionally sometimes we we put our focus and we do worship on other other things unintentionally i can tell you uh I just want to throw this out there. Felt convicted now because I didn't uh, didn't know the verse, but <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a little bit about uh, in the book of uh, Matthew. It talks about how the disciples were sent out to cast out demons and, and to heal and to pray for people, and they and they went out and they tried to rebuke a demon, and it didn't work. And they asked Jesus, "Why can we not cast it out?" And he said, "Because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have a faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move, and here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you." And then verse 21, this is what I want to highlight. It says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So that what that tells me is that there's mountains that can't be moved without prayer and fasting. So that's the importance of it. There's, there's things in your life that might seem impossible. Obviously, nothing's impossible for God. But there's things that we can unlock with the discipline of fasting and prayer. Yep. And fasting, you know, at the core of it, I think, you know, the way I understand it at least is, is it, it helps you deny something that you think that you need, so you realize all yeah. that you really need is the Lord. Like, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a it's a posture of the heart is what it comes down to. Is it's there there is no power, there is no spiritual benefit in not eating or not being on your phone. But what there is is a rearranging of the priorities of your life and a a structuring of the desires of I'm choosing to prioritize my relationship with the Lord and my position in in well my position with that but also my my desire I'm restructuring it and focusing my desires on scripture and on him as opposed to these other things and not letting them serve as just giving you your time you're saying I'm focusing on you you're giving that rare precious thing called time that you can never get back you're saying this is for you Lord I'm giving this time to you and it, it, it just grows you it's such a great thing and a lot of people don't understand it until you do it Try a three-day fast. Try to just say for three days, Lord, I'm going to focus on you. Anytime I get hungry and I feel that pain in my stomach and like I'm hungry or or if you're fasting for something else, anytime you feel like you need to grab that phone or whatever it is, if you're fasting from Facebook and you want to look on social media, every time you feel that urge, stop and pray and talk to the Lord yeah. and see how much closer you grow to him over that three days. Mm. <laughs> and I do want to put and this, I'm glad you said that. I, I want to say this real quick before we move on because, yeah. like I said, I'm kind of a Bible nerd. Matthew, what I read was Matthew 17, 21. And depending on what translation you say, 21, that verse, however this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting, is actually missing in some other Bibles. It's just crazy to say. Like if you're reading the NIV, uh, you're not going to see that. Hmm. 
There you, the more you know. Fun facts with Rusty. <laughs> Tune in next week for I more. I just didn't want anybody reading it and say, what, what is he talking about? It's not in my Bible. Yeah. He, he's, he's making words. He's making verses up. I'm he's, not making verses up. Matthew <laughs> 17, verse 21 in the New King James. It's there. It's yeah. not there. And I so you, you, you briefly mentioned, um, you know, when you were saying during a, a three-day fast, like anytime you, you get that distraction or that hunger or whatever to take the time and pray, um, do y'all think prayer is a spiritual discipline? Oh, one hundred percent. You know, it, it takes uh, it, it takes discipline in for one to do it, and two, discipline in how you pray too. Because I think that, you know, obviously the Lord's prayer is you know the scripture writers in the Lord's way to show us, give us a template of how we're supposed to pray. But again, like in my life. I've been guilty of kind of, we say like, you know, rubbing that genie bottle, like, Lord, help me, Lord, help, you know, do this for me. I've been good, Lord, you know, yeah do this for me, do that for me. And that's not how we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to pray with a prayer of thanksgiving is, you know, is what we're, we're called for. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we pray to him like he's our, he, he's our father because he is. Um, we'll put all our hurt and hang ups and everything in life that, you know, on him, but, you know something that I've been trying to do when I pray um, is always make sure I start and end with thanks. Because again, like Rusty said a couple podcasts ago, I think, you know, joy is from the Lord, but it's also something we choose to put on. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we can um, focus on in, in, in daily life, especially, you know, in times right now, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff going on or whatever that we can, focus on but you know there's always something that you know you say thank you god like thank you for this today like you know you you did this for me like thank you yeah you know i I like the saying it says uh do you know how you know if you believe in prayer and the answer is you do it if you if you actually believe in prayer you'll do it and a lot of christians unfortunately suffer their prayer life it just suffers they they don't spend enough time they don't actually believe the power of prayer and they they don't understand it because they don't do it they don't spend their time doing. They use God kind of like a Google Maps, you know. When they need direction, that's when they they reach out. Or when they when they're hurting, when they're on their back, then then they're crying out to the Lord. Yeah. But prayer as a discipline is something you can use daily, as Gaddis said, to just grow closer to the Lord, talk to Him, and and to get that joy. It comes through prayer, spending your time praying and talking to Him. You're building that relationship. If you never called your wife, yeah. what kind of relationship would you have? If you guys never talked, yeah, it'd be a terrible relationship. Yeah. There's more to it than just treating God like a genie in a bottle. There's yep. there's so much more. Yep, First Thessalonians yeah, that, that, uh, 4.12. Let me just uh, read this right quick, John. First Thessalonians 5.16 through 19 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Like, I mean, if you, if you yeah. want to know what you're supposed to do or why you're supposed to, you know, give thanks right there. I mean, there's, you know, again... There is always a verse for literally everything that you could ever, ever think of. There's, there's a, there's yeah. a verse for that, um, and so that's that's <laughs> why, you know, like I said, I, when I pray, I try to start with thank you and end with thank you because there's always something. There's, it's a choice. There's always something that you could be, you know, upset at, and there's always something that you could be thankful for. Yeah, and I will say this, cool. you know, the disciples never asked Jesus to teach them how to heal or teach them how to love, but what they ask him. Say, Lord, how do we teach pray? us how to pray. Yeah. That's how powerful yeah. prayer is. Yeah. Well, I'll say this, and Drew, I know you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when I start telling this story. 
but the first time that I ever remember thinking about prayer as a spiritual discipline, because, um, you know, like growing up, it was always like, oh, we pray before bed, we pray before meals, like it, it just kind of is. Um, but the first time I ever thought about it as like a, um, a discipline was when I realized just how bad at praying I was. Um, and Drew, Drew and I were counselors at a summer camp, and this camp, we went to it every year, and we, we would go the week after this really strange group of people would come through, and they were LARPers, so they would have a different theme every year, and they would take over the whole camp. And so some years it was like knights and like medieval, some years it was like space, some years it was cowboys. Well, this one year, man, it was like witchcraft and like seriously some some pretty demented stuff that they had done at this camp as part of like their giant game. And so we did this prayer walk across the whole um, whole camp ground because we had kids coming in and we were going to be there for a week, and we knew the importance of of what the work the Lord was going to do. And I can remember being broken off into these groups and just some of the prayer warriors like from the church praying um, to and fully believing to like cast out demons from the area and, and to bring the presence of God into, into the camp and just sitting there and being like, realizing that I didn't believe or hadn't previously believed in the power of prayer it, genuinely um, and hadn't fully understood just how important an active prayer life was. Um, but then seeing that week play out and understanding like just how significant significant prayer is um, and how important it is to a healthy healthy walk with the Lord because like you were saying Rusty it's like what what would your relationship be like with your wife or with someone if you never took the time to talk to them or call them right. or desire communication with them like it, you wouldn't have any semblance of a relationship with that individual um, and it's like if we're supposed to treat the Lord as our father. It's like, I have a great relationship with my dad, but it's because I take the time to call him and talk to him and send him a text every couple of days. Yeah. You know, if I'm, not doing, if I'm not doing the equivalent of that with the Lord, I'm suffering. I, I'm choosing, choosing to, to put myself in a worse position. Yeah. Yeah. And something else that I think is a trap as well, as far as praying goes, in the, the scripture in Matthew talks about this, is that, you know, a lot of times... You know, especially in my my life is going from a churchgoer to try to be a true Christian to walk in, you know, the Lord's will is praying is something that I would do at church where everybody could see me to like say, hey, look, I'm I'm being I'm being godly or whatever. Because, you know, obviously in in and rightly so, a big thing that, they, you know, the sermons always talking about or whatever is praying. Um, but the scripture says this in in Matthew six. Five through six, it says, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street quarters, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received a reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees you in secret will reward you. And, you know, I think there's a couple of things there. Obviously, you know, he's saying, you know, we're, we're praying for the for the purpose of just to pray, to talk to the Lord, to grow our relationship with the Lord, not for everybody else to see. But two, he's also giving us some advice of how to pray. Like, because for me, I mean, I'm not diagnosed or anything, but I might as well be ADD. Like I, if I'm around anything else, like I, I, my focus just automatically goes to somewhere else. But he's saying literally be alone with the Lord, like spend some quality one-on-one time with the Lord. Like don't let any, any distractions, anything else be around you, you know, just go in your room, shut the door and, pray to your pray to your father like, yeah and you know it's awesome about having kids they really uh help you see stuff in a different way when we pray with our kids at night there's been times where 
one of the other kids that said, oh, Luke's eyes are open, Dad. He wasn't closing his eyes. <laughs> and then he said, well, why do my eyes need to be closed? You know, and if you read the Bible, you look everywhere. You're not going to find anywhere it says you must close your eyes and bow your head. The thing is, when people close their eyes, I had to, I had to come up with an answer. So I, I prayed about it. God, why do we close our eyes? And you don't have to. That's another thing I want to put out there. You can you can pray with your eyes open driving down the road. I do it all the time, talking to the Lord. It's just talking to the Lord. It's not how you do it or anything. It's just why you do it. You want to talk to him because you want to grow closer mm. to him, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, there's a cool song about that, talking to Jesus, you know, Maverick City. Go listen to it. It's great. Hey, I just want to throw that out there because a lot of people never ask that question. Why do we pray with our eyes closed? Yeah, shameless play It's right about getting rid of the distractions and just spending time with the Lord. Yeah. That's yeah. the important thing. Yeah. For me, it's uh, you know, like you like you said when you started out, spiritual disciplines are called disciplines because they take discipline. Like it's not, you know, it's something that you're gonna have to rely on the Lord to help you do. And I think that's too maybe, you know, maybe that's why the Lord makes it hard at sometimes because he he wants you to also realize that you know, hey dude, like whatever you're trying to do, like it just in life, whether it's this or anything else, like you're gonna have to rely on me. Like this is like it's through my power that you're gonna you know do it. Like you know that's why you know and some sometimes when I pray like you know, Lord help me do Your will. Help me you know help me be walking my life with You the with You Lord because you know it's it's nothing that ever is going to stand unless it's built around built around the Lord and you're not going to experience the Lord unless you're you know, unless you're in your Bible, unless you're praying, unless you're worshiping, you know, that's how that's how the Lord intended us for him for us to experience him. So he's got to be in the word. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, to summarize what we talked about, it, reading the Bible is the most important thing you can possibly ever do. It's the word of God, spirit of the Lord. If you read it, you will grow. You'll, you'll grow closer to him It'll change your life in ways you can't imagine. Uh, fasting, there's mountains that can't be moved. It's like a, a spiritual weapon. It's like a special move on a, on a video game. It's weapons of mass destruction as you're fasting. <laughs> Try it out. And when it seems like a mountain can't be moved, something impossible, spend that time. Grow through fasting with the Lord and, and watch it get moved. Watch the impossible happen. And as far as prayer goes, uh, Jesus' final moment, what did he do? He prayed. Right. And he didn't just pray for himself. He prayed for us, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that speaks for itself how powerful prayer is. Yeah, I think the last thing I got to say about it is just, you know, um, it's one of those things, you know, the the Bible bothers to take the time to tell us about it, show us the importance of it. And Jesus took the time to live it out. um, And we're told that the disciples, like Rusty said earlier, like teach us how to pray. Like they had the desire on their hearts to learn how to do some of the disciplines and and use them effectively. Um, And I think if kind of those those key players in the Christian faith saw the importance of it then then shouldn't we also see the importance of it and yep. how it plays out in our life and and you know just taking that and, and looking at the application and remembering that yeah their disciplines are going to take work like you're not going to start tomorrow and ha- you know have all of Nehemiah memorized like it's just not going to happen but start with a couple verses work on remembering those and you'll you will find yourselves if you take the time to to learn and to grow and to f- prioritize it they'll come back to you in hard times the verses the the concepts the topics the the promises of the lord they will come to you and, and you will find yourself with a, a deeper sense of peace in all areas of your life you need to always remember that storms reveal foundations so it's not time to build one in a storm 
foundation of your of your Christian faith is found in the Word of God and through these spiritual disciplines. As you take the time and, and build a strong foundation, when when stuff gets hard, when life gets heavy, you'll have a strong foundation in that storm. You're training for that trial that you're not yet in. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I like it. Well, thank y'all for tuning in to another episode. This has been the 1024 Podcast. We'll see y'all next time. See ya. See ya.